Weekly Sauce, episode 57, 56 in the books. Who did we have last week, Alex? We had Raphael Lavoie. Oh, yeah. Legend, legend, Raphael Lavoie. We learned about the hockey trips. We learned all about that stuff. But as usual, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you guys that this episode was brought to you by uh, Mike's PBQ Rub. Visit Mike's PBQ Rub, MTL.com, and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off the entire site. Um, honestly, it's the best sauce in the world, man. You can't go wrong. If you're a barbecue guy, whatever it is, their, their rub is unbelievable. It's a little spicy. If you're a spicy guy, you won't feel it like I am. But for the most part, it's pretty sick. Their ghost bourbon's unreal. And they just came out their truffle sauce, which is uh, buffalo truffles. It's unbelievable. Antonio Pipkin, our guest today, would for sure love it. Um, I mentioned him, Antonio Pipkin, quarterback for the Toronto Argonauts, formerly of the Montreal Alouettes. How's it going, Antonio? Good, man. I appreciate you guys having me. How you guys doing? We're good, man. We're good. We appreciate you coming on. We appreciate you doing your the, the sign language while you were while you're waiting for us to set up the cameras, while you're doing your <laughs> while you're in your playbooks. Uh, what's it like, man? A whole, learning a whole new system every year. Yeah, man. I seem to have been the trend a little bit. I mean, my the last two years in my time in Montreal was the same system, so that was. But you know, just the, the longer you get, the more time you get in the offense, the more familiar you get with things, the more ins and outs you know. Um, so right now, just diving in deep just to learn the ground basics and then build up from there. So how was your time in Montreal? Man, you enjoyed the city. I know we spoke about it a bit before, but uh, tell us what your what your stay was like in Montreal for the, for the years that you were here. It was good, man. It was good. I can't complain about it at all. Um, having an opportunity to play professional football, um, that was good. Um, being a part of the turnaround and getting the program back in the right direction, that was good. Um, the city is amazing. Um, the fans were the fans were amazing. I mean, I really didn't have any complaints there, but my wife loved it. So there's no one of my favorite spots. Favorite spot to eat still, um, Deville Diner Bar, oh, yeah. and then favorite spot was uh, Boda Boda. So Deville, Deville is pretty good though. That's the one on Saint Laurent you were talking about, right? Yeah, I was going to ask him about that. <laughs> Deville is the spot. Any anybody go to Montreal, hit Deville. What do you like about Deville? Is it the burgers? I get it all. <laughs> I get it all. Man, I wish, Even, I, I, wish like, I met you before. Yeah, man. I get it all. I get it all. My family, or my in-laws, anybody come in town, I take everybody to Ville. Really? Get whatever you want. Yeah. We all going to DeVille, for sure. That. Well, I mean, listen, I like DeVille. I can't go wrong. There's, there's some spots that, are, <clears throat> that I would have told you about if we had met before that you probably would have been like, yeah, you know, DeVille. Put that shit in my back pocket. You know what I mean? Like that's just—it's good. Like I like it. It's a go—it's a go-to for sure. Late night too. It's open a little bit late. You know, I like it. Uh, it's—it's it's a good spot right in front of Chez Serge. So you know, you can get a little, a couple shots, a couple Jaeger bombs, and go across and, uh, and get a and get a burger yeah. or two. So, so, so right after college, uh, the Arizona Cardinals signed you as an undrafted free agent. Uh, well, it, it must have felt good to be part of an NFL team, and like, like, how was the experience over there? It was good, man. It was good. Um, learning, learning a lot um, in a short period of time. Um, but ultimately, you know, just kind of got let go from numbers game. And that is what it is. That's the business side. Um, it is what it is. Maybe if, you never know. You never know. But it was a good time. It was a good time while I was there. VA um, was our head coach. Hell of a coach. As you see what he's doing with the same staff. He just picked everybody up and took everybody to Tampa. So, um, yeah, hello, hello, hello. great job. There, there's some hello coaches over there, and um, yeah, my, my time there was good. So, 
I heard uh, this is how you were defined to me. I, asked, I got some inside information from you. You were defined as a quiet but very confident kind of person. Do you agree? Uh, you said you got some inside information on me. Uh, <laughs> I think I think I think I'm a little quiet uh, just because of how life has raised me. Um, I do have a lot of motivation in me, though. Um, I'm a natural leader. I know that for sure. Uh, but I am kind of laid back in like my downtime and things like that. I am laid back, and when it's not in the moment, I'm just I'm just laid back, relaxed, and observing. Um, but I I would probably say that's probably because of my upbringing. Um, and the loudest man in the room is often a whole lot of different things. But yeah, so that's probably where that came from. But confident, I could agree with you there. Confident. <laughs> Well, it's quiet's not a bad thing. Like you, like you said, the loudest guy in the room sometimes it doesn't tell the full story. And you know, the loudest guy in the room sometimes he feels like he needs to be allowed to tell everybody how good he is or how important he is. And usually, it's the quiet killers, man. Those are the ones that those are the ones that really that really stand out. I mean, look at every. I mean, we could talk about hockey. Alex and I are big hockey guys, as you can see behind Alex, the Montreal Canadiens uh, Stanley Cup banners. Mm-hmm. We're hockey guys, and <laughs> naturally, captains in, in the NHL they're all just quiet guys. Like if you even look at Montreal right now, Shea Weber super quiet guy he's not a guy that's rah 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 and uh you get that too in football but you know football you got like four or five captains sometimes and there's always one that's a little bit like more confident like more you lead by lead by the play on the field he's loud but you always have that one captain out there that that one leader that just is quiet leads by example does his job and you look at him and you respect him uh i i also heard that you're a pretty good basketball player yeah, I got buckets for sure. Yeah, is you, there was a coach that coached you in uh, Montreal, and he told me that um, he can beat you, but he never beat. He he asked. He told me to ask you if you've ever beat him. His name is Vince. Man, look, I I, I will never lose the bad in basketball. Never. I'll never lose. I've never lost. So why you, why'd you play football? Why didn't you play basketball? My love was in football. I, my love was in football. I played basketball in college too, but I don't know. Just football was like where life took me. It's where my love stayed. It's where not to say like that I fell out of love with basketball or anything, but like I don't know. Like just my desire, my passion. It just drew. It was drawn to football and like the ins and outs of football. Might have a little something to do with a whole bunch of people telling me I couldn't make it in football too. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I can hoop for sure. Yeah, um, I can play football for sure. So I don't know. I don't know why. I can't. I don't have like a pinpoint answer on why <laughs> football is it, other than like the passion and the dedication just took me in that route. Football is so, so, football's a different animal. Sorry, Alex. Football is a different animal, and uh, basketball is fun and everything. But you know, football brings a different beast out of you. You know what I mean? Especially when you have you, you need to be accountable in football. Where in basketball, you can get away with being the individual player, best guy on the team kind of thing. So football brings that accountability out of you. You have to prove yourself on every single play. So I can I can respect that, Alex. <laughs> so so you're the first ever uh, uh, for your first the first ever quarterback we interview. Um, what, what would you say is the most important element for a quarterback? Most important element for a quarterback? Yeah. Um, as far as the... <clears throat> uh, that's tough. That's tough. There's a lot of elements that fall into playing quarterback and being good at quarterback, honestly. 
it's hard to pinpoint one out, but I mean, for me, I would like to just say decision making, um, taking yeah. care of the football, and just knowing what to do and when to do it. Um, that's ultimately, I think that's one of the biggest things is decision making. There's a lot of other things, intangibles, and things like that that come along with the position, like being a leader um, and things like that. But uh, decision making is is critical right here because you get the only person other than the center that's going to touch the ball for sure every play. And which quarterback did you model your 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 uh, your game to? Um, honestly, nobody. <laughs> yeah, nobody. Young, when I was younger, um, I used to like Peyton Manning a lot. Um, but obviously, I don't play anything like Peyton Manning. Uh, he can't really move. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you guys have two very different styles. <laughs> I would like to think I can move a little bit better than him, uh, but. I was a I was a fan. I'm just a fan of, of a lot of QBs, a lot of different QBs, older, even some of my peers, man. I'm still a fan of a lot of the guys uh, around the league and NFL and CFL. I don't think I really model my game after anyone. I just try to master my game in itself and then master the position the best I can. Um, what's your What's your pregame routine? <clears throat> I know football guys are a lot. They're very. Uh, I can say superstitious. You know, a lot of guys are superstitious. Not everybody. What's your pregame routine? Do you get? Do you go grab the same food every day? Uh, what is it exactly? What brings you to the? What brings you to the room? Uh, I don't think I have a pregame routine. The only thing I have to do is pray. You're just looking That's at just looking thing, at the game plan. Only thing. Only thing I have to do is pray. I'm sure you've heard some nasty stuff said to you on the field. Playing at Tiffin University, some you know in the CFL, some guys get pretty dirty. I mean, we we interviewed Antonio Simmons, and I can only I can only assume Antonio Simmons doesn't have a clean mouth on the field. So <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy, you know, and he's he's loud and and, and he's a, and he's a great player. But I know that he's the type of guy to chirp. So what's the what's the, the the one the funniest chirp you've ever heard? Somebody that told you something, or just like the one that just like was like, what the fuck did that guy just say? <laughs> oh man, let me think. The, the wildest one? Yeah. Anything that stands out, like you're like, what? And it made you like think twice, like threw you off. Like, what the hell was that? <laughs> uh, probably in like, in college. In college. I wasn't even on the field. The defense was on the field. And uh, the receiver on the other team, they came and lined up. He looked at our head coach and said, hey, I'm about to score on this dude in front of me. <laughs> and did it happen? And he did. And he did. <laughs> See, it's always it was it's bad, always though, good because, when he does it. Yeah, it was bad because our our corner had went down, so that was the backup corner that came in, um, who who wasn't bad. It was actually a good corner. I mean, yeah, just coming into the game. Anybody who knows football, anytime you get a dramatic change like that, you really kind of try to attack that guy. He's probably been on the sidelines a little bit, but they did. He came over to the sideline. He was like, "This who you putting on me?" <laughs> By the score. I love that man. I, we 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 appreciate you know confidence, right? And you're a guy who's quiet but confident. But we appreciate the loud and confident guys too. And those are the guys that make the game. You know, like those are the guys that make the game. That those are the ones you want to mic up. Like I'm sure you know. If yeah. I I would love to hear what Antonio Simmons says on the field like all day. Like we were actually talking about it last week with um, a player. He was drafted in the NHL and he's playing the in the minor leagues now. But you know he'll eventually play in the NHL. He's a good he's a good guy. And uh, we were asking. I was telling him I'd pay like a monthly subscription 
to like just like a camera or a microphone that I can just hear what they say on the bench and on the field or on the ice. You know what I mean? Like that. I would uncensored. Pay for, yeah. yeah, uncensored. Just like, and there's a lot of guys. Like I don't know if you're a guy who likes to cuss on the field, but there's a lot of guys that don't, but they're still funny. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You get some guys out there that won't even let a cuss word slip out, <laughs> and those are like like your Philip Rivers. Like he won't curse at all. It's a good example. Oh yeah, you got, but you got to mic, you got to mic Philip Rivers up for sure. <laughs> so you, <laughs> Alex, go ahead. So back in 2018, uh, you, Johnny Menzel, Vernon Adams, Matthew Shields, you know, we're all part of a of a quarterback carousel where like the whole Alouettes, the Alouettes usually used four quarterbacks that year. Um, how how um. How was your your relationship with all those quarterbacks? Did you guys learn anything from each other? Or did you guys, you know, like have a friendly competition? Or was it a bad competition between each other? No, everybody was cool. Everybody was good. Um, I knew Johnny from 2000, like 12 or 13. So I already knew Johnny prior to getting to Montreal. Um, So it wasn't like any bad blood or anything there between me and him even in our time there like me and him we were roommates on the road and everything so it was no bad blood there uh me and Vern, my first year my first year coming up uh was vernon's that was the year Vern got traded to saskatchewan but Vern was one of the first qbs my first day up in montreal that came up to me and talked to me and just you know, kind of try to make make you feel you know welcome to the locker room welcome to the team type um and Schiltz, Schiltz is, is another guy who's just like <clears throat> the ultimate, like, if you need me kind of guy, like, you can lean on Schiltz again, like, ask him questions, things like that. But, yeah, there was no bad blood at all in that, in that QB room there. Uh, Johnny Manziel's made a, a decent post career for himself. And uh, and I know it's it, – it, he, he was very he, – he, he came to the city, everybody's like, okay, what's going to happen with this? Like, is it going to work out and stuff? Um but he was good, man, for a while. Then he just said, you know what, maybe I'm an NFL player and this isn't for me and he's out and he's doing his thing now. Um, what, what's for you? What, are you? what are you looking at for post-career when it's all said and done 10, 12 years down the line? 10 years. I'll be 30. Hopefully I'm still playing. 10 sure, more you'll be years. 30, you'll be 34. 30, yeah, you'll probably almost more. 36. I could, I could do it. I could do it for <laughs> sure, but... Um, 10, 12 years post career. Uh, just continue to build build my real estate portfolio. Uh, continue to dig dig deep in the, in the real estate. Um, continue to build my foundation and my push academy. Um, we're giving back and helping through the game of football. Um, and be a dad, man. Be a dad. Be a husband. Just be the best man I can be. That's it. I mean, that's all you can ask for, right? You got to be. Uh... You work hard and then everything else works out, right? That's pretty much what it is. Um, well, I just before we let you go, I got a little trivia for you. Okay, we got some questions from Tiff for Tiffin University, and we got some questions from Toronto Argonaut. So I don't know how good your trivia is, how much knowledge you have when it comes to those two things. But I'm gonna ask you four questions, <clears throat> okay? And we're gonna see how. Are well. these are these hard or are these kind of like? No, they're pretty easy. I think. I think they're okay. pretty easy. I didn't go too hard. I, it didn't take me too long to get these questions out. They're pretty simple. So the first one is this is for Tiffin. So. Um, What's the name of your fight song? <laughs> you don't even know that. You I, I do. I wrote it down. To I wrote it down. Of course I know the answer. I know how it goes. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, I know how it goes. 
know that one know for sure. <laughs> I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask you to sing it if you didn't get it right. So you gotta sing it. Yeah, I can't. I no? <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, What's the name of it though? You Green and gold. Green and gold. Green and gold. Oh, why did not say that? It's an easy answer. All right, so I got another question for you. This is about you. So you threw for 460 yards for the second of all time, the second highest in a single game record for all time at Tiffany University. Who was that against? Grand Valley State. How'd that game go? Uh, threw 460 and six touchdowns, and we lost in an over and an onside kick. That's crazy. I know. I was. I was just as I was doing it. I'm like, I was Hail Mary. That's crazy. <laughs> I was looking. I was looking at it, and I was like, man, I got to see how they lost this game. How can a quarterback go throw six TDs, 460 yards, and and they end up losing? You guys lost 49 to 42 that game, which is pretty impressive yeah. in itself. But as I was looking at the record books for Tiffin, is that you have like one, two, you have second and third over uh, most yards and most yards in a game for the records. First, I forgot who it was, but it was like in the 80s. Um, and other than that, you've been you've been like you've had most of the records uh, for Tiffin as a passing quarterback as as a quarterback um, in all the nineties up until the up until you left in about two thousand twelve uh, two thousand seventeen. So I mean, you probably you 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 left your you left a legacy over there, and uh, and hopefully hopefully they they commemorate you, commemorate you there. So let's get into the Argonauts questions. I was going to ask you Alouettes questions, but you know it's a little distasteful since you're not playing with the Alouettes anymore. So let's go Argonauts. This is pretty simple. Uh, who has the most passing yards in Argonauts history? I'm gonna go out on a limb and say either Doug Flutie or or that could be right. I just want to know. Like, I want your confident answer since you're quiet and confident. I want to know. I'm going Doug Flutie or Damon Allen played in Toronto, right? He did, but not too long, so I, it wouldn't it wouldn't be him. Okay, so I'm gonna take him. Doug Flutie, <laughs> final answer. No, it's Ricky Ray, 20,000, just over 20,000. Ricky, I was going to say Ricky Ray, but when I got here, that was like the end of Ricky Ray. Ricky Ray had a long career. I wasn't sure how long. I know know Ricky played a long time. Ricky's like Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. But I wasn't sure how long Ricky played with Toronto. Yeah, he played he because he had like he was in Edmonton. He had, he he played in BC for a bit too, but he played in Toronto for the longest. And yeah, uh, he had some really good years okay. in Toronto. Uh, okay, this last one: How many Grey Cups does Toronto have in the history of the CFL? In the history, of, in the, I'm gonna, come on, I'm gonna give you. Go I'm gonna give you hundred plus I'm gonna, years. I'm gonna give you. I know they won five. in 2017 for sure. They did. I'm gonna give you within five. So if you give me like a, let's say the answer is four, and you say eight, then you get the answer right. You're going to give me within five? Okay. Yeah. The answer is within five either way, like high or low. <laughs> well, you never want to overbid just like Price is Right, right? You always want to underbid. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say, let's see, Ricky, 2017, they won. I know they won another time before that. That's two. A hundred years, I'm going to say they won at least two more times. I'm going to say four. Four? Seventeen. You're underselling your new franchise. What? Yeah. Well, since... <laughs> can, we cut, can we cut this out? <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, they had a huge drought from, like, they didn't win anything up until 1983. And then from 1983, they won, like, seven or eight. Because they had pinball Clemens. They had the year of pinball Clemens. Um... 
with Doug Flutie. Like, why didn't you ask me? Why didn't you ask me? Like, who was the only player to go from playing to coaching overnight? I would have told you Pinball for yeah, sure. Pinball's the best legend. Pinball's a freaking legend. We love that guy. I don't think any Canadian doesn't like Pinball Clemens. He's the nicest guy in the world. I had a we chance. Should've, we should have put that question on there. Okay, next time you come on, man. Next time you come on, I'll get some. I'll get some more. Uh, I'll get some questions for you. A little more deeper. A little question. You gotta ask me know. another question though, because I got that wrong. So you gotta cut that out. Okay. <laughs> I'm not cutting it out, but we'll keep it there. You no, know, it's good. It's a learning. It's a learning curve. You know, you can't be perfect, Antonio. Seventeen. I now know. Seventeen, and Ricky's the all-time passing leader. Uh, yeah, Ricky's all-time passing. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. That was. Uh, it was fantastic to have you on. Um, Hopefully we can get you on again in the middle of the season, at the end of the season, and uh, good luck the rest of the way, buddy. Thanks, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Have a good one, buddy. Peace. All right. Uh, what an interview, man. Antonio was awesome. Finally had him on. Uh, it was long, long awaiting. Now he's no longer with Montreal Alouettes. He's with Toronto Argonauts, so uh, it was nice to have him on, man. He's a good guy. Yeah, awesome guy uh, for our first ever QB. Uh, we're still working hard on getting Vernon Adams on the show. Uh, he's uh he's my he's my top targets. Yeah, VA, he, VA sick. He's a, he's a he's a talker too. You know. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's good. It's good when you we loosen these guys up a bit. You know, like asking them like weird questions, like like with Antonio, the way he reacted when I told him that um, <laughs> that that Coach Vince says he can't beat him in basketball. Like there's you know that those are the reactions that we look for. You know, and uh, it's it's great to ask him like you know the serious questions about the team and all that stuff. But realistically, we want we want to be able to. Uh, to get like real reactions out of them and break them he, down, you know. Yeah, he undersold the the Argonauts championships. What's funny? Yeah, yeah, that was good. Too. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, cut that shit out, man." Like, you got you got to live by your mistakes, man. I'm sure if he throws an interception, he's not going to call TSN and be like, "Yeah, can you cut that out?" You know. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, short interview, so it left us a little bit of time. Uh, we're going to talk about the UFC's 264 big weekend. Uh, Conor, Conor McGregor against Dustin Poirier, number three, or as Tyson Fury like to call them, Dustin Porter. Um, we'll see what happens, but I'm excited for this card, man. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Burns Thompson. Uh, the whole card is pretty nice, man. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that card. Uh, the fight I'm really intrigued about, surprisingly, is Burns versus Stephen Thompson. Th- that's my fight that I'm going to really watch closely because Big time. it could go either... Honestly, it could go either way, and it, it's going to depend on their training camp, but we're going to talk about that later. So, uh, Burns, um, listen, I have I like Burns. Uh, I've known Burns, for who he was for a while, because, you know, I'm a jiu-jitsu guy, so, like, I've seen him uh, win the World Championships against Crone Gracie. Like, I'm, I'm a fan of Burns, but I, I think that, and I've said this before, I think that he fought his best fight versus Tyron Woodley. And I knew he wasn't even going to come close to Kamaru Usman. I knew so much that, that I want some money that night because I fucking knew it. I bet the house on Kamaru Usman because Kamaru is a killer and Burns is, he's just, he's not at that level yet. Maybe he'll get there eventually. And I'm also super high. I love Wonderboy Thompson. I think that Wonderboy is probably the most underrated fighter. Like, nobody appreciates how good this fucking guy is. You know what I mean? Like, how many losses does he have? He has a loss to Woodley. He's got that majority draw to Woodley, which I thought he won. Like, there's a lot of things here that people don't realize that how good Wonderboy is. Well, look, my... I I, I, I love Wonderboy. Yeah. The, but his two recent losses are the ones I'm like, eh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how you feel. I don't know how, how to feel about you because he lost to Darren Till and Anthony Pettis. Yeah. And 
I I personally thought he should have beat them. He should have. Listen, Anthony Pettis is a win for for Wonder Boy, I think. Um, but yeah. rea- but realistically, it's also Anthony Pettis is a former champion. He's a sick fighter. He's a brawler, and if you just stand there with Anthony Pettis, he'll realistically he can pick you apart. And the matchup, the stylistic matchup between Wonder Boy Thompson and Anthony Pettis, isn't great. And isn't great for Wonder Boy. It's good for Anthony Pettis. Now Darren Till too, same thing. He's a banger. And Wonder Boy, you know, he's clean cut guy. He likes to keep distance, use that karate stance. Um, he doesn't like to get in there and just like scrap. You know, he's not a scrapper. He's more of like a point fighter. You know, karate. That's how they are. That's how they've always been. Him, Lior Machida, yeah. the same style. Lior Machida had some crazy knockouts, but realistically, Wonder Boy is like is the same style. You know, and I, I, and as much as I love Wonder Boy, I think that this matchup against Burns is. Of, Unbelievable for him. I think that Wonder Boy is gonna not only KO Burns, but I think it'll be a five round, four to one win. Like that's just really what realistically what I. Think. So 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 have you watched uh, the UFC um, countdown and who Burns is training with? I did see the countdown. Well, who is he training with? He's training with the um, with the karate with with the with the with the karate guy. I think is it. Or uh, it's a guy who Wonder Boy fought in. Uh, oh, Vicente Luque, Vicente Luque. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Vicente Luque I- is. Um, that was a crazy fight, though. Wonder Boy and Vicente Luque. Yeah, they're in the same. They're in the same training camp. They both fight out of. Uh, uh, I don't even know what it's called. Oh, Sanford MMA. That's where. Yeah. Yeah. So they both. But it's not only that. Like he has Henry Hooft as a coach. Henry Hooft is like one of the best kickboxer coaches in the world. Like he's just one of the best MMA coaches too in the world. So he has like a good coaching staff behind him. That's there's that's for sure. Burns wouldn't be where he is if he didn't have that. Yeah. Um, the key. The, the key for Burns in this fight is to set up his takedown. If he's able to take uh, down Wonder Boy, I think that's where he got his best chance of beating him. Doesn't Wonder Boy have like some of like the most takedown? The second most takedown defenses in welterweight history, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah, like he's up there because he has such a wide stance. He's not—he's not like a boxer where boxers they kind of like stand straight up like this. He's got that wide stance where he has that one foot out, and then he uses the shoots and he throws from there. So I mean, Wonder Boy style—I think it works. It's a great matchup for him uh, versus Wonder uh, versus Gilbert Burns. So I'm excited to see what what happens there. But I and just speaking don't see of it white for Burns, and speaking of white stance. That's I think that's how Conor McGregor should be against Dustin Poirier. Oh yeah, big time. Because Dustin Poirier is gonna is gonna do is gonna get some leg kicks in. So obviously, you know, like last fights where he just you know kicked the hell out of Conor McGregor's uh, fucking leg. So I think because last fight Conor McGregor had more of a boxing stance. Yeah. But but the first fights. I watched the first fight again between McGregor and Poirier. Yeah. And first fight. McGregor had a wider stance, and he was ready to counterpunch whenever. Uh, well, yeah, McGregor is getting at him. Yeah, McGregor's a counterpuncher. That's what he is, and he's a counterpuncher because of that stance. Because guys like to try and come in, come in quick, and he waits for them. Now, it's good that you mentioned that because with McGregor is that early on in his career, he stuck to that that karate stance. Ever since he started doing the whole Floyd Mayweather thing, he started becoming more of a boxer. Uh, you saw it with Nate Diaz. In the second fight with Nate Diaz, you saw it with, uh, like you said, Dustin Poirier. In the second fight, you saw even saw it with Khabib. Um, and it, that wide stance was something that worked for him really well. And he starts off with it, and then he kind of just slowly goes back to his boxing. So it'll be interesting to see which Connor we get. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Connor we get. I mean, I think that last time it was just too cringy. 
like the whole cheesiness hot sauce it was like i, I get what you're trying to do you're tr- like you're, you're becoming like a more mature person you don't want to be the antics the throwing the dollies into buses and you know all that shit but conor mcgregor needs to like really fucking realize what got him to the dance and what got him to the dance was the fact that he's a shit talker he got in dustin Poirier's head the first time and uh even though dustin Poirier is a lot more mentally strong now conor mcgregor is still a lot more mentally strong than most fighters in this game yeah for sure and uh conor mcgregor it'd be it'd be really interesting to see what what kind of conor mcgregor we get on saturday because we can either get conor mcgregor who hasn't changed in these past few years or we're gonna get vintage conor mcgregor yeah which i want to see I would love to see Vintage Conor McGregor come out, and I think we're getting it though. But the only thing is, is that he's fighting, still fighting out of California. He's not back in Ireland. He brought his guys with him, which is good. Did you notice on the countdown? <laughs> Did you notice on the countdown? It was like the countdown was like forty-seven minutes long. Thirty-five yeah. minutes was Poirier McGregor, and twelve minutes was Wonder Boy and Burns. Yeah. Like usually it's like if there's like they do three fights usually. Usually they do like eighteen mm-hmm. minutes each, and uh, now all of a sudden it's just <laughs> Conor and Dustin, and it was so boring. All they talked about was the whole charity thing and. You know, they're trying to sell the fight. Anything Connor touches, they'll always drag out as much as they can. Yeah. The whole event, th- there's no title fights in that event. Yeah. Because McGregor is selling it. Yeah. And that's that's how big his name is. And and listen, I'm not sure if the money got to his head. Like, if like he saw the money, then he started, like, not giving a fuck about fighting anymore. Or if he just... I don't know what happened to him. Listen, the guy's a fighter. We can see it in his face. He's a fighter. But, yeah, the money sometimes does affect you. I don't think it affected him. I think that it more... uh, I don't think that it took him away from fighting. I think it just made it so that he's safer. You know what I mean? When you're hungry, you you take risks, you know, because you want to go big. And he took... he. He invested in himself all those years ago, and he took those risks. Oh yeah, he was broke. He was broke back yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. He was like a plumber and or something. So I mean, listen, you got to respect the guy for being where he is today. Like he's he's highest paid athlete of twenty twenty. You know what I mean? And he's an MMA fighter in the UFC, where people are saying that UFC fighters don't get paid enough. And he's the highest paid athlete in the world for twenty twenty. So uh, making that coming in at one hundred eighty million dollars. So like, we'll. Connor is good for the rest of his life. His family's good. His grandkids are good. His great grandkids are good. Um, but he need if he if he can find like the, the 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 will to be a fucking champ again, he can do it. Realistically, I really believe he can do it. I really believe he can dethrone anybody. And now now let's talk about the the dollar stored version of Conor McGregor, <laughs> Sean O'Malley, who's on the who's <laughs> not on even that close, card. not even close, <laughs> not even close. I love Sean O'Malley. I love Sean O'Malley, and he's not. A, I don't think he's a Conor McGregor version. Sean O'Malley is a very unique person, and I love him. You know, he's I'm a big fan of Sean O'Malley. Not a big fan of some of the comments he makes, but I'm a big fan of Sean O'Malley as a fighter. The guy's sick. And who's he fighting? He's fighting Moutinho, who's his first fight in the UFC, 9-4. and four. Is this the matchup that we're looking for for Sean O'Malley? Sean O'Malley needs to fight guys in the top 10 because he's a top 10 fighter. Well, well, cause, uh, who was it that pulled out for Moutinho? I just forgot his name. Yeah, I forgot his name, too. I'll find it. Uh, but it, it, it was the guy who, who pulled out. and Listen, Moutinho, I don't think he's ready for that. Or... Who knows? Maybe he's a, he's a no name, but it could surprise us. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, clip this if he surprises us. But whatever. Um, Sean O'Malley, I have him winning by KO easily, second rounds. 
my money's on even first could be even first but i have him winged by kill for sure i'm looking here to see who he's supposed to who he represent who he replaced uh a person with none uh, a five between oh ricky simone oh yeah i forgot about that that yeah. would that would have been such a sick fight I think he's from Arizona too, or he's from New Mexico, Ricky Simone. Oh, that would have been such a sick fight, man. Ricky Simone is like one of the best fucking wrestlers I've seen in a while. And he's a really good fighter. He has an awful back tattoo, but he's a really good fighter. And, wrestler. And he's a scrapper I'm, I'm not, too. He's got a he's got a sick fucking shot. Sick fucking shot. Yeah, I'm not sure how Sean O'Malley would have handled a wrestler. Because he's more he's he's usually fighting like a like a brawler as well. Like a guy who stands up. Oh, Ricky Simone? No, no, uh, Sean O'Malley. Oh, he's he's yeah, he's a striker, but he's got really good jujitsu, like really good jujitsu. And Sean O'Malley just should not be under under underappreciated in his jujitsu, but he just doesn't have a chance to show it because he's always KOing guys. He's got such knockout power. Um, remember what he did to um, was it Travis? Uh, what did he, what did he KO in that one punch? Was it Lydell? Uh, the fr- I'll get it for you. I think wasn't it? Why am I drawing uh, a blank today? Fuck. Thomas Almeida. Was it Thomas Almeida? Yeah, it was Thomas. Was Al- yeah, it was Thomas Almeida. Yeah, remember that punch? The bang just yeah. shut him off and walked off. That's sick. Speaking about walk offs. Uh, oh, 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 I think that's Eddie Wineland. No, oh Eddie, Eddie Wineland too. Yeah, Eddie Wineland too. Yeah, Eddie, he destroyed Eddie Wineland. That's why I was thinking Travis Lytle because I always I always confuse <laughs> the two. Um. Yeah, he's fucking good. Can't wait for that. Too. But I feel like if 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 O'Malley wins this fight, I think he's gonna get a rematch against Marlon Vera. Cheeto Vera, you mean? Yeah, Cheeto Vera. Um, didn't Cheeto did, Vera did, lose did, his last fight? Yeah, I see that happening again. I see that happening. Again. He, I don't think I think that the UFC is trying to like really push on O'Malley to the top ten, a top five even. I think that he's gonna get there eventually. I. Hopefully Sean O'Malley gets there, man, because he's fucking sick. But yeah, Marlon, Marlon Cheeto. It is Marlon Vera, but his nickname is Cheeto. Um, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that's a good fight. I would, I would actually love to see that fight again. I'd and, love to see that fight again. And, and the other fight I want to talk about is one of my favorite boys, up-and-coming heavyweights, Tai Tuivasa. What do you mean up-and-coming? My- what do you mean up-and-coming? He's lost. He's like he's been. They've been trying. They've been forcing this guy down our throat, and he just keeps on sucking. I love Tai Tuivasa. Could fucking drink milk out Listen, of a boot. His last few fights, he was incredible. Mm, I, I wouldn't say in Abu Dhabi. I wouldn't say incredible, but he looked Abu- good. Yeah. In in Abu Dhabi, I liked his fight. Yeah, but who did he fight? Previous who fight. Who did he fight? Well, he's not. Well, listen, listen. For me, he's up and coming. Okay, he's not. He's he's a he's still a project. Yeah, that's how I see him. The thing is, he fights a lot, right? So he lost. He lost yeah. the JDS. Uh, he got and then okay. He beat Black. He beat Blackway Ivanov, which was a sick fight. He beat Stefan Struve, kind of on the down. Uh, he's beat and then he beat Harry Hunsucker. Never heard of Hunsucker in my life. He can Hunsuck my balls. Never heard of him in my life. <laughs> now, he's, now he's now he's fighting uh, Greg Hardy. And I hope he's, uh, listen, he's still twenty eight years old. Yeah, he listen, he's still twenty eight years old, and it's a great matchup for him, him and Greg Hardy. Um, Hardy, obviously, the NFL player who played for your Cowboys. A loser. <laughs> Can't stand this guy, man. And listen, the thing about Greg Hardy is that every fight we've seen him in, he's gotten a lot better. That's the thing about Greg Hardy. We everybody can hate him. I'm not a fan of him. I think he's becoming a good fighter in front of our eyes. Like they're kind of like forcing him down our throats. 
Um, but I just don't see him going to be able to fight against Ty. I think Ty is way too clean of a striker. His boxing is unbelievable. He's got sick leg kicks. Uh, Greg Hardy's not great on the ground, so I don't expect this to go to the ground one time. Um, I think it's going to be a brawl. I think a Ty Tuivasa knocks Greg Hardy out. I'm looking at maybe like a second round late TKO kind of thing. Uh, maybe not TKO, but T- uh, KO, like knock him down in the corner, just bang, bang, bang. That's what I'm looking at. My money's going to be on Ty Tuivasa for sure. Uh, but Greg Hardy can surprise all of us, man. I think he's a, he's becoming a really good fighter. I and mean, the guy's a super athlete. Oh, yeah, he's a freak of an athlete. Yeah, yeah big time. Uh, yeah, especially the old, those old linemen, man. They're they're crazy. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like Ty was, is going to win as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's... I, I, I just want to see a bloody brawl between those two. Yeah. I, I, th- I, I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, honestly, I want to see Ty drinking out of a boot at the end of the night. I don't want to see Greg Hardy celebrating. What's his name? His name is Prisoner of War or something like that. Prisoner of God. What's his nickname? Uh, let me oh, let me get his nickname right it's a now. Stupid fucking nickname, Greg Hardy. It's he has oh, a, Greg Hardy, God of War. It has a tattooed on his chest. <laughs> and and Tai 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 has got like some sick tattoos, you know, because he's you know obviously he's from New Zealand, so he's got those those uh, Samoan Prince tribal tattoos. Prince of War. Prince of War. Yeah. Yeah. War. Um, yeah, I respect Greg Hardy a little bit. You know why? Because that asthma pump. Because I have asthma, and I know and I know the feeling it is when you 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 kind of need your pump and then you take it. It's a fucking good feeling. So when he took that asthma pump and then they they gave him no contest because it's a banned substance technically. You can't be taking it's because uh, an asthma pump is a steroid. Yeah, it's technically a steroid. It won't show up in a piss test or whatever. But if you take it in that moment, it's considered a steroid. It's a performance enhancer. So they they, they gave him a no contest for that. That was pretty funny. I laughed. I'm like, oh, I don't think you're allowed to do that. But that's pretty funny that they did that. I like it. It's fucking sad. Um, so who do you got? You got Wonder Boy or Burns? rough one but i'll go wonder boy but it should be a good fight yeah one i'm gonna go wonder boy too uh, i think it'll be a decision uh five round decision i'm gonna go four one wonder boy so like a 49 um what would it be i can't even do math anymore what's nine times four what's nine times four 36 plus 10 so 49 46 for um for wonder boy i'm gonna go connor i'm gonna go ko connor uh, I'll go Connor as well. I think I'm gonna go first round though. Oof. Yeah, I'm gonna go first round KO for Connor. I think that last the last fight. If you watch the fight again, watch all the damage that Connor did in the first round, and you'll see that if he smells blood this time, I don't think he's gonna be too nice with him. I think that Connor McGregor was trying to like push it because he wanted to get. You know, he even said it after. I mean, a lot of people think it's bullshit, like an excuse, but he said he wanted to get more ring time because he knows that he's gonna be fighting a lot more. Um, which and I and I believe I really believe that because his fight before that he fought for forty seconds against Donald Cerrone. So I'm gonna go Conor McGregor first round. He's not gonna give a shit about ring rust and he's not gonna give a shit about ring time anymore. I'm gonna go Conor McGregor first round KO. My girlfriend's gonna hate me because she loves Dustin Poirier and hates Conor McGregor. Um, <laughs> uh, who do you got for Ty versus Greg Hardy? Ty. Yeah, I got Ty too. I don't. I, I just don't see Greg Hardy being able to put enough put enough combos together and enough and, and enough striking ability to be able to match up against Ty Tuivasa, who's a crazy striker. Um, there oh, and there's also the, the 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 woman fight as well. There's, yeah, uh, there's Irene a, Aldana. Aldana, she's fucking Irene, sick against Yana. I think I think Yana wins in that one. 
that's going to be a tough fight too. I think I'm going to get Aldana by decision. You know what I mean? Or maybe by submission. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Uh, but yeah, I got Aldana by decision, I think, on that one. Um, and then O'Malley. I'm going to go O'Malley just because the guy coming in, he's not really, you know, not experienced. O'Malley's coming in. He has a lot to prove. A lot to prove. And I think that he needs to really get into that top 10. I think O'Malley wins by KO convincingly. And I think he's going to call out someone in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, man. That was episode uh, 57. Weekly Sauce episode 57. We had Antonio Pipkin. We just covered the UFC 264. Uh, don't forget to like, subscribe, all that shit uh, to Hot Sauce Sports on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. Uh, you can follow me at Terry Tam, as you can see on the screen, and at Alex the Intern. Uh, the Intern Alex, sorry, like you can see on the screen. Um, and, of course, this episode is brought to you by Mike's BBQ Rub. Visit Mike's BBQ Rub MTL.com and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off the entire site. Um, Good episode, buddy. Peace.